Hey everybody, Cino here, and welcome to Dopamine, the show that is like Sonic the Hedgehog, trying to go as fast as possible, but probably running to, into as many walls as possible as well. Uh, today, we're continuing MBTI week with episode three of this week, where we're going to be talking specifically about intuition. What is intuition? What does it really mean? So what is the MBTI version of intuition? I think there are varying understandings of intuition, but I want to try to define what that means specifically in the Myers-Briggs context. I think uh, those who are listening to my show or those who are interested in MBTI are going to fall more likely into the intuitive category. But um, this is in reference to intuitive versus sensor, N versus S in the Myers-Briggs understanding. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about intuition. If you're a sensing type, do not stray away from this because intuition is something that you do have as well. It just means you do not prefer it in your mode of thinking. So it is important to understand intuition as a whole. And then in the course itself, we go into sensing and intuition versus sensing. And we go into like politics and religion as it pertains to intuitives versus sensor types because intuition and sensing is your defined your learning style so intuition is a learning style so we talk about intuition as a learning style and um mention a little bit about sensing as well and um if you want to know more about that uh specifically beyond what's being presented here on mbti week you can go to cnote.media and sign up for the course it is 49 dollars until this friday in which you will the the price will go up to 99 dollars after friday so go check it out there are 35 segments so you've got five this week for free there are going to be 30 more when you purchase the course and that is a whole lot of stuff intuition versus sensing introvert versus extrovert uh figuring out your type talking about the letters a brief history um how intuitives and sensors can speak to each other thinking versus feeling uh all sorts of judging and perceiving stuff uh, using Myers-Briggs as a tool for career and relationships and money and things like that and all sorts of other stuff. So go to cno.media and pick up the course and um, feel free to just enjoy this free content as well. So here we go. Let's do the thing. Drums, Okay, so today we're going to talk about, I say today, but I'm recording on different days. You could be listening to it all back to back. <laughs> but right now, we're going to talk a little bit about intuition. What is it? What does it mean? Um, and... Well, okay, intuition is an interesting concept to understand because intuition has a an aspect of of extrasensoriness to it. Uh depending on so if you're an an intuitive dominant or secondary, you're going to appeal to this a little bit more, or understand understand this a little bit more, but I don't want you to I don't want it to deter you from from learning if you are someone who is more of a um you know, more of a sensor. Because this is a good way for us to start to understand each other and by, by breaking these things down. I feel like intuitives and sensors are, are having a difficult time understanding each other in a lot of different aspects of life. And we're going to break some of those down as we continue in this course. But for the most part, intuitives are a little bit more out there. A little, they're a little bit more 
dreamy. You know, intuitives are looking at advanced patterns and are doing a lot of subconscious pattern recognition, whether it's internally within the way the mind works or externally in the world and how people are behaving and how people are responding to things and getting new ideas from just experiencing new stuff and connecting disparate ideas in order to allow them to move on you know, to, to new things. Um, there's probably a reason that intuitives account for only 25% of people in the world, uh, or at least in the US, because intuitives are the types that are trying to move things forward. You know, the futurists of the world, the people that are trying to come up with new ideas, or they get sick of the stale things over and over again, whereas a lot of sensors will get used to the idea of doing the same things over and over again. And they really appreciate it, their safety and comfort and security in those things. Whereas intuitives are typically looking for ways to connect the dots, connect the data, and find ways that the entire world or themselves or whatever the, the focus is for them can can move forward and, and, and create something completely new, seemingly out of thin air. But it's really, it's usually a connection of disparate ideas. You think about artists and how different artists find ways to move things forward, move different ideas or different movements or different paintings or different styles of creating something, music, sculptures, things like that. And it seems like over time that you eventually get something that is completely new and outside of the box and super creative and um, forward thinking. And I, I think at one point people can say like, that's never possible. Why would that make any sense? Why would that work for anyone? But then eventually, if it's a good enough idea, sensors start to adopt it and the rest of the world starts to adopt it and starts to use it as something that makes sense in the world. So intuitives are kind of responsible for pushing the boundaries and trying to move things forward. And it's not to say that sensors can't be creative. They totally can. But it is a matter of of intuitives being the forefront, the forerunners of those things. They are the drivers of innovation. Um, you know, we think about like all of the things that we dreamed up in Star Trek, all of the things that we dreamed up in science fiction are typically about are, are intuitive ideas and things that we think like, oh man, this would be so cool to have. This is nothing like anything we have right now, but it would be really rad to have something like this in our lives to make things better. Whereas a sensor could look at that and be fascinated by it and they'll be like, oh, that's cool. But they might not be as interested in trying to bring that into fruition. Whereas an intuitive is like, I can see the dots, I can connect the dots and find a way to make this a reality. Even if it's going to take time, they can find ways to navigate the complexity of, of, of all of these connection points and data points and all of this abstract thinking that's going on in the world. And that's another aspect of it. Intuitive thinking is a little bit more about abstract ideas. So sometimes intuitives can feel like they're a little bit weird and don't fit in with, especially if they have sensor family or sensor friends, um, yeah, their their family is going to tell them like, why are you always so weird? Why can't you just talk about the weather and normal things? And intuitives are, we you know, we, we want to, it's kind of the cliche, like introverts want to talk about more meaningful things, but actually I think it's intuitives that want to talk about more idea based, abstract, meaningful things that are going on in, in, in the world. And again, it's not that sensors can't have those kinds of conversations, but they're more focused on the here and now and what's the next thing and what can we do that is within the scope of reality to move life and move society forward. So intuitives 
are just seemingly coming out of nowhere to other people quite a bit. Intuitives are are taking in information through just means that they don't fully understand. And, you know, a lot of intuitives don't even understand how they do it. I don't understand how I come up with a lot of ideas, but I understand that my that me being an extroverted intuitive as my secondary driver, that is how at least I know that when I do get ideas, it's usually from my experiences in the outside world. It is looking at you know, looking at things, colors, experiencing things, playing with the outside world, tinkering, pressing buttons, just like testing the outside world to see what it can bear and see what it can take and and just kind of touching things and playing with it <laughs> and and seeing what comes of it. And then eventually, you know, sometimes I come up with a course idea or I come up with a project or come up with something that seems to be a connection of all these things that I've experienced in my life. And, and you know, that happens with artists, that happens with a lot of musicians. You're taking these abstract concepts and putting it and distilling it into a single idea to help people be able to see the value in it and be able to move forward. Um, and, and introverted intuitives are going to be a little bit different. It's the same kind of general idea. It's about abstract ideas and abstract concepts and pattern recognition, but it's a little more introverted. It's more about internal brain wiring. So a lot of in introverted intuitives are going to feel like they really understand the depths of humanity and the way that people think, because where uh, an extroverted intuitive is going to go out into the world and like display their fun and just like kind of look at all of the immense possibilities, which is really what extroverted intuitives are about. A lot of ideas, a lot of possibilities, optimism, things like that. Introverted intuitives are going to typically focus on a singular idea, but be able to drill so deep that it is intense. <laughs> They'll be able to dive down into a singular topic to understand all of its detail and nuance. And ultimately, you know, they combined with some of their other functions can find ways to be change makers and game changers and find ways to really drill into a singular idea. I think a lot of people feel like Steve Jobs was an INFJ or like uh, INTJ, an inter uh, intuitive, um, uh, introverted intuitives. He could have been an extroverted intuitive, not really sure, but you can take the iPad, for example, as, um, as something that was a very singular idea. It was just this concept that he was continuing to try to work towards. He ended up making the iPhone as a means to get to the iPad, but you can, if you go back into like his, you know, all of the documentaries about him and stuff, he was, he was typically talking about trying to find a way to create this iPad and he eventually did. And that was his ultimate singular vision. Um, all these other things came as a result of that along the way, but finding that singular vision based on all of these intuitive understandings and ideas about how people's brains work and what people wanted to do in terms of productivity and entertainment and understanding um, different levels of, of what people want because he understood or a lot of introverted intuitives at least at least I'm not sure if he exactly was so not the best example but um, introverted intuitives can take a singular idea and and start to drill down so deep that they can they can they can really really create something that seems like it came out of thin air. Like, how do you, how do you come up with this? <laughs> and the same thing we're dealing with people. I think INFJs, for example, are more people focused, introverted intuitives. And so they're 
thinking about internally and their brain wiring and how they function. A lot of um, a lot of introverted intuitives, which are uh, feel somewhat magical in their thinking sometimes, can feel a little bit disconnected from humanity because they understand their humanity so much that they start to strip away their humanity and look at the internal structure of their intuition as a person and relate it to all the other people in the world. Sometimes they can forget that when they're making judgments about other people that they are including, including themselves because you are also a person, believe it or not. <laughs> um, INFJs are, um, are, are not seen as typically a robot as much as INTJs are, but it's kind of the same thing. There's like more of a magical disconnect that introverted intuitives have that make them a little bit kind of a novelty. They're kind of hard to understand and they don't even understand themselves to the point where it's really hard to break down. But there's a lot of like, I explained that it's so magical to them because it is a subconscious process and it, it is kind of about daydreaming. It's about like letting the magic happen to them. It's about letting their subconscious brain do the work and it's not an active conscious process. And that's the part that I think is like, easy for people to discredit. It's easy for people to misunderstand about intuition. It's just this general idea that it's, it feels like something that just happens. You're not necessarily like touching things and experimenting or tinkering, but you're like experiencing and you're playing and you're, you're gaining new ideas from these seemingly disparate ideas. If you were to, if you were to lay out the connection points between one idea that led to another idea there's going to be like a million zigzags between this idea and that idea. So again, to go back to, or did I go back? I deleted an earlier segment, so I don't remember if I mentioned Dr. House or not, but Dr. House um, definitely has extroverted intuition because every episode he was trying to solve a problem. And by the end of the episode, he, towards the end, he was like bouncing the ball on the wall or something. And I totally stole this from personality hacker, by the way, before you call me out, but this example is really good. Um, he would be bouncing the ball on the wall or something like that. And, um, somebody would come in the room and they would mention like, you know, termites in his house or something. And the problem that he's dealing with was like some form of cancer and he somehow made this quick connection in his brain between like termites and wood and wood has a molecule in it that connects to something. You know what I mean? Like it just it just has these really, really fast connections that can trigger this random idea. And you he just has this light bulb moment and he'll get up and he'll be like, I got it. I figured it out. <laughs> but really, it was uh, his subconscious brain and allowing himself to stop thinking and allowing his intuition to take over to really understand what to do next. And, you know, for me, with my intuition, it's I've had that feeling happen so many times and I can't really explain it. I'm an INTP, so I don't really understand fully what intuition is. I know I can feel it. I know it is a thing. Um but it's it's something that just like you're out in the world, you're talking to people and there's just like somebody seemingly talks about something seemingly innocuous. And then you just get this idea and you're like, you know what, I've been thinking about this problem for weeks and suddenly this idea came to me. And it's, you know, it's another thing that like for extroverted intuitives, at least like you can only do so much in your own brain. So you have to 
experience things outside of yourself to to gain new information. And this can apply to sensors as well. Sensors like to go out and experience because at its core, intuitive versus sensor is about how you take in information. It's how you're your learning style, basically. So intuitives like to just kind of take in um, things going on and poke at things and play and novelty and look for new things, new, exciting things, fun stuff, and keep things light and optimistic and look for the hope in the world. You know, intuitives, another aspect of intuition is optimism. And particularly for extroverted intuitions is, is about maintaining a sense of optimism so that you can feel like anything is possible and not be kind of held down by, you know, self-imposed human restrictions or limitations that society has imposed on us or anything like that. You know, intuition is just about seeing and playing and looking at what could humans possibly do? You know, we think about that all the time. You know, we think about superpowers and superhumans and, 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 um, flying and x-ray vision and all this stuff that like maybe isn't biologically possible but because we fantasize it so much we are at least one step closer to making it some sort of reality because i mean we have x-rays we have uh, we have airplanes you know we have some version of those things and you know it, it's might not take us one step closer to literally being able to have x-ray vision or um or fly a plane but I guarantee you there is someone in the world working on that. <laughs> there is someone playing with those ideas and seeing if it's something that is possible. And just because an intuitive can dream something up, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's possible. But playing with the idea that stuff is possible is is, is amazing onto itself. Because I think if we just lived in this world of feeling like, you know, what we have is what we have and, you know, we'll be fine. Like, that's not exciting. It's not fun. It's not, not how you get innovation. And that kind of innovation ends up helping sensors because sensors will take something that they look at as really cool. And then they establish that it's safe for themselves and safe for society. And then they find a way to make it useful for everyone. You know, flying planes is a perfect example. The Wright brothers came up with this crazy idea to create a plane. And, you know, humans were flying for the first time. And... They were and and sensors, I'm sure, were the ones to take plane flight and turn it into a commercial thing, turn it into something that was safe for people to to utilize and to be able to can to have so much uh, commercial flight in our history with relatively low accident rates compared to like, you know, what it could be. I think intuitives can, so the, so the downside of intuitives is that sometimes we can get a little bit too far ahead of ourselves, which is fine. But, um, but if we're like too head in the clouds, then it's kind of hard to make those connections between reality and what we can accomplish versus what we're dreaming up. So it's gotta be somewhere in there, <laughs> you know, um, certainly allow yourself to dream and play and have all these fun ideas and just kind of go with it. But, um, at some point you have to do, you know, have to check it against your decision-making function, which is typically a thinking or feeling function. And we'll talk about that coming up. And, um, it's something that you have to check against those functions. You know, you have to stop and think about it. You have to maybe use your extroverted feeling to test it against how people feel about it. Ask people what they think 
um, or test it against tried and true information to see if it's something that is testable, viable, something that can can actually be brought into the world and onto the market, for example. So um, intuition is very valuable in that sense, but it can be very alienating because, again, only 25 percent of people are intuitives and we can feel a little bit weird, um, but it's OK. Let yourself be weird. <laughs> but sometimes intuitives have a hard time, you know, uh, uh, kind of slowing down and settling into life and 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 kind of getting, you know, into reality. You know, again, especially intuitive leaders, INFJs, INTJs, ENTPs and I, uh, ENFPs lead with um, intuition of varying types. And sometimes those types are ones that can kind of let life get away from them. And it's important to kind of tone down the intuition sometimes and check in with your other functions to make sure that you're, you know, you're living life and making sure that you're paying the bills and taking care of things. Um, but make sure you're, you're, you're doing those things in ways that will allow you enough time to use your intuition, play with your intuition and, and have it grow. So I hope all of that makes sense. Um, as an explainer for what intuition is, um, and there, there's going to be a lot more. And I absolutely will repeat myself as it comes up in another conversation on this course. Um, so certainly let me know if you have any further questions about intuition. And as I come across new details for understanding intuition a little bit more, I'll supplement this course with more information. So I think next we're going to go into what is sensing. Let me pull up my list here. And uh, yeah, we're going to go into what is sensing to break down what sensing is and sensing types are a little bit more. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed that segment of the course. Uh, in case you're confused with the language, it's it's these are literal rips from the course. So it's saying that we're going to go into a topic next. We're not going to actually do that here on the podcast. We're going to go through a couple of different random topics that are in the course, but the course itself, the Super Myers-Briggs Turbo EX course has 35 segments, at least 35 segments. I might record more. Um, and it's basically a bunch of mini podcasts. So it's 15 to 30 minutes of me talking about individual Myers-Briggs uh, types and concepts and really, really breaking it down. So we talk about things like introvert versus extrovert, intuitive versus sensor. We talk about ambiverts. We talk about figuring out your type. We talk about, um, you know, uh, religion and politics and how that relates to people's understanding of Myers-Briggs. Some tools that you can use Myers-Briggs as using typology as a tool for your career and relationships and talking about considerations, uh, things to think about in terms of maturity level, upbringing, culture, things like that. So there's a lot to break down. There's so much. The This week is going to be MBTI week and there is I'm going to share five of those segments this week, um, but make sure that if you are interested in diving into much more, which there are 30 more segments that you are not hearing on this podcast, go check it out at cnote.media. Scroll down a little bit to the right. It'll, see, it'll say Super Myers-Briggs Turbo EX and uh, click on that and you pay $49 which will be the price until Friday, until this week is over. So go check that out. Go purchase that because then you'll get the full course uh, before the half price. And it'll go back up to $99 after Friday. So go pick it up now. Go check it out. So uh, that's it. I hope you enjoyed this episode and uh, I'll catch you on the next one. See you guys. Hey, you beautiful human. Thanks for listening to Dopamine. I really appreciate it. If you thought this was a dope show, then you should wait until next week. But also, while you wait, you should go to iTunes and Stitcher and leave a positive review. Positive reviews help me to uh, fill up my dopamine tank. 
Otherwise, you can send your friends to dopamine.life to listen to the show or hi, my name is Christian.com to get the latest updates. I'll catch you later. Thank you.